Welcome back to another episode of Five Questions with Frank Manger, a podcast born out of a quest to change the perception of what we see on social media. Life is not all about models, bottles, boats, jets, fashion, and people showing off stacks of cash. I'll bring you interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and others who will share their origin stories and lessons that shape them. Each show will give you a look into the lives of people just like you that have achieved success even though the odds were stacked against them. People who you can relate to, who have been where you have been, and who are now where you might aspire to be someday. Dropping some knowledge on us today is five-time TEDx speaker, Bobby Umar, a lost leader who tried a little bit of a lot of things during the course of his career and couldn't find the one thing that lit his fire. Bobby looked inward and found his passion was right there all along. Find out how he found his why and uses it to change lives across the globe. What's up, peeps? Today, I have a man who needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyways. Bobby Umar is an inspirational speaker, coach, and one of the most prolific advocates of heart-based leadership in North America. Inc. Magazine named him one of the top 100 leadership speakers, and he's a five times TEDx speaker. And he's also one of the most top social media influencers in the world with over a half a million followers. Bobby is the author of three international books, including a number one bestseller, and he's a frequent Huffington Post contributor and the host of The Power of Connection, a morning live stream every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on LinkedIn. And if that wasn't enough, he's also the president at Ray Allen, transformational speaking and training, where he does coaching and online personal development programs, and he's the CEO of DYPB. Discover your personal brand. Bobby, thanks so much for being on, man. It's so great to have you. I'm excited, Frank. Thank you so much for letting me be here. All right. So before we get into this, what I like to do is allow uh, our guests to just make a connection with the, the folks tuning in. And, and uh, I like to do that by allowing you to give us a glimpse into the day of the life of Bobby, who you are and what makes you tick. Sure. So, you know, I've been a professional speaker for over 15 years and, have, and and I've been doing that ever after having three or four careers where I felt lost and stuck unfulfilled. And so now I actually go around the world and I speak at conferences and events and companies to help people feel more empowered to, you know, find their path and transition where, where they really want to go to find more alignment, focus, impact and legacy in their lives. And so that's what I do with my speaking. It's what I do with my coaching. And, you know, I'm fired up every day by, you know, every day by doing presentations at, at an event, so I'll keynote on a stage at a conference or at a company, or I'll deliver content like my live stream, or I'll do like a broadcast, or I'll share a video to just help people and, and coach them with my online programs as well as one-on-one -on -one to help them figure out, okay, how do I find more alignment in my life? How do I find more joy and fulfillment? How do I find more impact with what I'm trying to do, whether it's as in a corporate world or the entrepreneurship world? And uh, it, it, it fuels me every day. And then most of my work uh, on an ongoing basis, like how I spend my day is, I create presentations, I do coaching, like, uh, I might have calls, uh, and then I deliver you know, messages and emails and, and content, and I create the content and I put it out there, and that's really what I'm doing to try to inspire the world. All right, so how, how did you get here? How did you get started? And, and, and if you don't mind, share a little bit about the journey um, of, of how you got to where you are today. You're, you're pretty interesting, and I know we talked a little bit about before, before we went live, how you sustained it all, uh, and, and you said it, uh, something very funny, which I won't, I won't take. But um, you, 
you do a lot, uh, and, and yeah. to be where you're at today, uh, and I think you, you're everywhere, I see a lot, and, and you're doing so much. So, so how did you get to where you are today? Well, I mean, part of it was uh, feeling lost as a leader, so I tried engineering. It didn't really work out. I then decided to start a musical theater company, produce and direct musicals, and grew that to about 150 people in four years. And I was like, you know, maybe I should go into, uh, you know, uh, into entertainment. Did my MBA, tried to get entertainment, couldn't do it. I wasn't a good networker back then. So I went into brand marketing, started doing brand marketing for a couple of years. And then after that, I was like, you know what, this is also just way too many hours, 80 hours a week. And I was tired and didn't feel like it fit. And so I had to figure out what am I, what am I going to do? So then I dove into my personal brand, go into my values, interests, skills, passions. And what screamed at me was I should be a professional speaker. Everyone was saying that. Everyone was saying, Bobby, you're a great talker. You're great at tipping the audience and relaying their, their message and the and the messages and the lessons back to them for work or whatever they're doing in their lives. So why don't you do that? And so that's what I started. That's what I launched. And I've never looked back. Now, in terms of how it goes started in the beginning, it, yeah, it was hard. I mean, uh, you know, I certainly had a large network before the, the advent of LinkedIn, Facebook, and these other social media platforms. I had always kept actually an Excel sheet of all my contacts that I met over the years. So I had like 3,000 names. And so when I launched my business, I just sent an email to 3,000 people. And I sent a brochure to 500 people. And then the first few years of my work was just referral only. And I was talking most about networking, but then pretty soon I started talking about personal branding and that really took off people like that. And then people said, hey, you know, social media, I watch social media. I was like, you know what, this is something that's here to stay. So when I did my first TEDx talk, I was like, you know what, let me, let me invest in social media. So I decided to launch my Twitter strategy, my Facebook page, my newsletter, and I just started putting things out there uh, to, after that first TEDx talk. And within, within six months, I had about 5,000 followers on Twitter. And I got my first speaking job off it because they're, they're like, wow, we love what you talk about, Bobby, about leadership. Can you come and do a session? I'm like, of course I can. And that, that, that's when I realized, okay, you know what? Social media, I need to invest. And so that's why I started building it up, got 100,000 on, on Twitter. And that's when things really took off. And now a lot of my energy spent on LinkedIn, which I'm now, if you combine my company page and my personal profile, I'm now around 50,000 followers. Because to me, social media is here to stay and I want to invest in that. And I think that's when things... The TEDx talk plus the social media, uh, the social media growth, plus getting a speaker agent really helped me take off and start doing more talks all around the world and being more prolific with the work that I do. So that's kind of really how uh, it's it's gotten there. And in terms of how I uh, uh, how I uh, manage everything, I dive in everything, but then if it doesn't work, I scale back and I readjust. So you know, dove into Snapchat didn't work, I scale back. I dove into Vine didn't work, scale back. I dove into uh, LinkedIn videos actually, I did one every day. But seven days a week is crazy. And then I went down to five, went down to three, and then I was like, went down to one week because I was like, this is really overwhelming. And now I just focus on the live stream that I actually don't even do that many uh, live uh, uploaded videos. Although I do now do them on my company page, but on my profile page, it's more the live stream three times a week. So I, I'm adjusting and evolving. I get feedback all the time. I learn and grow, whether it's a speaker, whether it's my topics, whether it's how I'm trying to be better and, and try to evolve for the future. Great. And I love how you touched on, you mentioned the stuff that you tried and, and, and you know, kind of like, ah, let me scale back because I feel like a lot of us, you know, we do, we try something, you got to give it enough time to try something to see, you know, is it going to work and you just need to some time to grow or is this really not going to be for you and you just, you pull back and, and you kind of focus your effort somewhere else. And I feel like that's such a, even non-entrepreneurs, but entrepreneurs specifically, as we know, we, we do stuff and we, we, we want it to work so hard and knowing you have to know and you have to have that self-awareness to say it's time to, to, 
you know, pull back and, and focus our, our efforts somewhere else. So I, I love, I love how you've, you've shown that you've tried stuff that didn't work. Cause that's a, it's a good, good thing for folks to hear who are tuning in that not everything they do is going to pop. Uh, and you need to recognize that and, and know when it is time to scale back. Yeah. And the, and the big thing to realize is that, you know, saying no to new opportunities is saying yes to current priorities. And that, like, for example, perfect example is TikTok. Bobby, get on TikTok. Everyone's on TikTok. It's exploding. And you know what? I'm focused on LinkedIn and growing that. I'm doing a little bit of Instagram too, but LinkedIn is where I'm trying to focus my energy. TikTok, you know, if, 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 it was, if that was the one place and I wanted to really dive in and take ownership of it, I would do that. And that's what I did with Twitter when it first came out because I was kind of riding out. But for me, I'm focusing my energy on, on LinkedIn. Got it. So knowing all the, the, the folks you get to deal with, I mean, you, you know, being, being on the, the TEDx scene and, and having, I mean, it's for so many people, it's a dream to do one TEDx and for you to do five of them and you've you know, been able to meet so many people along that route and, and you speak, I mean, way outside of that, I mean, all the speaking engagement you've done, all the people you interact with, and then you've got your coaching and your mastermind and all these, all these people you, you get to meet and who pick your brain and you get to kind of take a peek under their hood and see what they're all about. Um, if you could give a piece of advice to, to those tuning in where you're like, you know, this is something I, I, I would love for someone to take away. What would that one piece of advice be? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the, the best piece of advice I can give you is uh, to really put it out there. When, like whatever it is you're trying to do, put it out there. You want to get a coach, put it out there. You want to develop a program, put it out there. You want to actually create content, put it out there. Just start and put it out there because most people, they hold back and that the dreams lay in their head forever. And the dream in your head forever is nothing fulfilled, right? So you want to actually put the stuff out there and just start telling people, talking about it. You know, I always say passion is nothing without communication or action. If you don't talk about it, you don't act on it, it's not really a passion. It's a merely a passing interest. If you're passionate about something, whether it's, you know, it's about health uh, and fitness or it's about, you know, uh, toxic, toxic culture, burnout, or whatever it is you're trying to do, get out there and start, just start talking about it, put it out there. And I think a lot of people don't do that. But once you start putting it out there, people will respond and people will start engaging. And pretty soon you'll start to evolve into finding something that really works for you. Great. And, and when you look at all the, the great things you get to do, um, and, and being, you know, Hey, this is, this is Bobby. And, and here's what you, you get to enjoy. What, what is that? Uh, what's that fuel that keeps you going? What, what is that? You're like, this is it. This is what I love when I see it. This gets me going. It'll keep, it keeps me pressing on. And, 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 and when you have those dark days, you know, you look back and, and you're like, that's all right. I, I, it's okay to deal with the, some dark days because uh, this is what really fuels me. And this is my passion. Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, uh, as an extrovert, I mean, and, and as a performer on stage, you know, I, I definitely feel the energy of the crowd. So being on stage in a keynote and for 500 people or 1,000 people, I feed off the energy, seeing them react, when they laugh, they cry, they emote, whatever. I love that kind of stuff. But, you know, and that's great. But the other part that is really great is where I'll go into the audience and someone will come up to me and they have, we have a profound moment. You know, one time there was a woman who came up to me and said, you know, I'm really feeling lost. And she talked about, uh, running away from her husband who was abusive and going into a halfway house with her son. And she just looked like she was about to lose it. And I just said, Hey, listen, whatever it is, it's okay. I'm here for you. And she just burst out crying. And then I, and I hugged her for like three minutes. And she said, like, your message is so powerful. And I, I want to find a vision where I find myself. I feel so lost. and I want to feel lost anymore. And knowing that my message resonates with someone like her and 
compels her to try to do something different and better and take her life to the next level. And then seeing her do that, because I now know where she's at and what she's doing, that kind of stuff like just really uh, touches my heart. And that is exactly the, the thing that fuels my why state, which is, you know, I know what the pain point people feel. I know that I know people feel lost, stuck, or unfulfilled, and they want to get go somewhere better. And so when I get up every day, my why statement and people like her, that's the stuff that fuels me to keep going, to share my message, and to help as many people as I can. And that, that is super, super powerful because not only you said something that tied into it perfectly. So you, you met this woman, kind of had that moment with her. But what I really liked is that you said you kind of, you know where she's at today. So yeah. you had that, you know, like the, it didn't just die there. It stayed going. And it, so that's a, for someone to make an impact on someone's life and then to know like, Hey, a year ago or whatever it was, like you look back, you're like, remember that, you know, that moment and, and that you were this sort of catalyst uh, in that person's life. That is, that's something that can, yeah, can fuel you for, for long term. But uh, I, mean, I, I imagine the, the number of people you get to meet and the number of lives you get to impact that, that happens more often. And sometimes you don't even know, you know, sometimes right. someone sitting in that audience who hears you speak, is ignited by something you say, and you may not even be able to interact with them, but they go home and they make a change in their life. And yeah. it was that hearing that that day at that time that caused it. So that's that's just the amazing part of, of what you know you get to do every day. So that's great. Yeah, no, I, I love that. I think that's that's a really powerful thing to have that. And people don't like don't know. Sometimes I talk about my health my health struggles, you know, and uh, and uh, I'll get a message from someone saying, you know, I've been following your health journey for six years. I've never messaged you, but here I am. I love what you're doing. Can you help me with this? And it's like, whoa, yeah, of course, let's do it. And I love that kind of stuff. It's amazing. And so on the flip side of that a, a little bit is, you know, you, you, again, you get to see people, you get to interact with people. I mean, you're changing lives, literally. Uh, if there was something that you see, you see this all the time and you're like, you know what, you know what I run across or you see this in people or, you know, whatever that thing might be, that if you can change it, and you can you know stop it from happening or switch it off or maybe you know again give that piece of advice to say listen this isn't this isn't reality uh, a common misconception what is that one thing that if you can change it and you had that magic touch you mm. what would that be if I could find a way to turn off or silence or mute every single naysayer right because all that stuff that all these naysayers that are coming at you including the worst one which is the one inside your head. If I can get that person to shut the heck up and, and start listening to what actually really matters, which is here's what I can do. Here's what I'm capable of. Here's what I can see. Here's what I envision myself. If we can just find a way to shut off or mute all the naysayers, both external and internal in your head, that would be a godsend. I would love that. Yeah. And that's the, a lot of you. And I, I know, you know, Mark Metry, Mark and I had a yeah. conversation and that's something Mark talks about too, is a, we, we put these thoughts and manifest these negative thoughts in our mind that, and you mentioned it earlier too, stop us from doing things or stop us yeah. from people that have these amazing ideas and like, ah, it's never, ha it'll yeah. never happen. You manifest that inside yourself and you stop yourself from potential greatness because of yeah. the so I, I love Yeah, that. fear, doubt, you know, all the second guessing, uh, all that kind of stuff. Like it just, it's, it holds people out. Your mindset is the biggest culprit. It's also the biggest ally you can, have if you can learn to figure that out yes so one of my favorite parts of the show is is this right here it's a kind of a chance to to let you pontificate a little bit you know be a little bit nostradamus and where where we're at today where are we going to be in five ten years yes on the horizon what, what, do, what do you see out there 
Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I see now people in, in uh, office spaces with two screens and they also have a laptop and they have a machine. They also have a, a phone and they have an Apple watch. And I think the, you know, I'm, I'm big on connection, the power of connection. That's my brand, the future of connection. I think it's going to be really interesting because people are going to struggle to find the balance between connection and disconnection. And as we move towards a gig economy, there's going to be far more people that aren't working in traditional workspaces. They're going to work from home, working coffee shops, working workspaces. They're going to be freelancers, contractors, things like that. And I think people are going to struggle with, you know, how do I sh shut off this stuff to really focus on the connections and things that matter. And so what I imagine the future in five years from now, I, I imagine everyone has like five or six digital media type doohickeys in their setup, right? And they're going to have to figure out how to manage that and to learn how to be on, but also how to be off and learn how to be on, you know, when they're actually off mm -hmm. and, 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 and find that balance. Because I think people are going to struggle. I think it's going to be hard for them because, you know, companies are going to, it's, it's different in a, in a corporate setting. Like there's a cubicle there, your boss comes over, you do your work, have your projects. But I think most people are going to be working from home or working at the coffee shop. And so it's going to be a completely different virtual world. And I think people are going to struggle with, with that and find that balance between what's virtual and online and what's, what's live and in person. You know, already we're struggling with having to put your phones away for a dinner. Right? And I think, so for, I think that struggle is going to get, I think it's going to get worse. And I think it's, but, and, and people are going to try to figure out ways to integrate it. And you're going to, I think, just like the way we integrate, like you and I probably integrate across several social media platforms. I think in the future, people are going to integrate across four or five different technology tools that, that like whether it's their TV screen or whether it's their computer screen or their, 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 their smartphone, whatever it is. But they're going to have to find a way to integrate their lives with this because it's going to be part of their lives. But they also have to find a way to get around that. I think that's going to be the big challenge. And there's some people are going to be ahead of it and other people are going to be, stuck in it just like people nowadays are stuck the people who are you know laggers in technology and luddites and they're trying to catch up just to technology there's going to be people five years now who are ahead in terms of finding that balance and other people who are completely drowned in the social media online technology world and they can't get away yeah and, and pop you, you, you pop there yeah i gotta pop there yeah. and, and it's i think it's it's funny because i was down in south florida um last month and it, it's i was on the beach and the amount of people who are sitting on the beach with a laptop on yeah. the lap is crazy. It's like, yeah, I'm going on vacation. No, you're really not. You're just sitting yeah. on the beach working. You know? So you changed from being behind your desk to being on the beach, but you really didn't take the vacation. You didn't. So I think that, you know, unplugging, you know, we hear that word a lot, like, oh, I'm going I'm, to I'm unplug, but you don't unplug. You really never do yeah. unplug unless you really leave the stuff out of there. And, 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 and not many people know how to do that. So totally agree there and, and i think that's and even for kids and, and i know you know i have a seven-year-old daughter it our, our children um who grow up around this yeah starting that yeah. disconnect with them now to say nope it's it's time for re put your nose in a book like my daughter loves to read so it's like go read get away from the ipad and, and go or go dance and go do something that doesn't yeah. have to do with technology for a little while and it's amazing you know my, my kids are 9 11 so my daughter's 9 my son's 11 and yeah, like this, this, they had to stay at a school day off because there was a strike at the school, one day strike. So they were at home. And then for two hours, they were actually reading books. I was like, yes, like, this is amazing. That's, that's, that's what I want. Because, you know, I'm, I'm really mindful of tech. Because, you know, if, if they had their way, they would definitely want screen time. That's what they love, number one. That and ice cream, right? That's all they care about. But, uh, you know, we've created a system where they, they now have to read and they're really into it and they can spend time on their own. And 
I think it's gonna be hard for parents to deal with that, but you know, it just takes patience, but I think it's important for us to really help them as well. Cause they need, they're going to need the most help out of anybody. Yes. Crucial. All right, man. So thanks for being on. Where, where do we find you? I know you're everywhere with, with all the uh, social media and the things that you do. I mean, you're putting out and what's cool about what you do is you put out different content across different platforms. So uh, where, where if someone tunes in and says, Hey, I want to know more about Bobby or I want to learn more. Where are we sending them? And I'm sure that's multiple spots, but let us know. Yeah. So, I mean, my main website for uh, professional speaking and coaching uh, is rayallen.com. For personal branding, it's dypb.ca. And then for social media, you know, uh, you know, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn are my, my three main ones. But I'd say that my LinkedIn profile, uh, personal profile, follow me there. But as I also have a company page, also called Bobby Umar. Those are probably the best places to get in touch with me. Awesome. Great. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks for being on and, and for touching. And I, I loved... Uh, I loved your input there and I'm sure the folks will. And anyone who has any questions, feel free to, to drop them in and we'll make sure we get them answered. But Bobby, I truly appreciate your time. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you, Frank. Appreciate it. I want to thank everyone who took the time out of their day to listen in. If you like the show, please give it a rating. If you or someone you know would be an amazing guest on the show, head over to fivequestionswithfrank.com for more information. I'll see you next week.